Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lift it up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. Well, if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the New Testament book of James. The New Testament book of James. We're continuing with this Sunday school series and starting to get into the tail end. A few more messages left. We find our way in the book of James in chapter number three. The book of James and chapter number three. Remember that the Book of James is the New Testament book of wisdom, that it provides wisdom for us and tells us how to live as um, New Testament uh, Christians. We're thankful for this influence. We're praying that it would give us a lot of encouragement today of taking the next step and then the next. Notice with me, if you don't mind, James chapter 3. James chapter 3, and notice with me if you don't mind in verse number 13. James chapter 3 and verse number 13. The Bible says, Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. (laughs) For where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. But wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, And without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find in the book of James in chapter number three? The book of James, chapter three, and notice with me in verse 17. James 3 17, notice it says, But the wisdom that is from above. And with this, we're going to talk about the wisdom that is from above. Now, we know that the Bible is filled with truth about the source of wisdom and the availability of wisdom, that God wants us to have wisdom. Earlier in the book of James, it says that if any man lacked wisdom, he could ask of God. And God, guess what? Would give it to us liberally. And then he says he'll braid us not, meaning he won't yell at us or say, why are you asking for more wisdom? We could ask for wisdom for every little thing. Should I go here? Should I do this? What should I do here? We could ask God for wisdom for everything. It is a available and the source is from God. But we understand here that here is a comparison that there is wisdom that comes from above and then there's wisdom that comes from another source. We know there's a lot of people that claim to be wise and their wisdom comes from a different source other than God. And it because it comes from a different source, that wisdom is going to end up coming up with different fruits, different results. Notice if you don't mind as it gives like a description of this other wisdom starting at verse 13. Who is a wise man endued with knowledge among you? 
Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. Verse 13 here it starts off by saying if somebody is truly going to be wise it's going to show up in your conversation. Remember the word conversation is an old Bible word that carries the idea of our behavior. That it's not going to come up in just how we speak. But wisdom is going to show up in how we behave. Understand that belief affects behavior. That what you believe is going to affect your behavior. For example, if you truly believe the Bible is true, you'd obey it. But if the Bible's, it's kind of God's word, maybe, you won't obey it. Belief affects behavior. And so here in verse 13, it says, listen, if someone says to be wise, then it's going to show up in how they behave. So just don't take their word for it. Just because you have knowledge doesn't mean that you're wise. We know there's plenty of people who's educated to the point of ignorance. It's not about education. It's not about intellect. It's about the wisdom that God is able to grant. Notice, who is a wise man and a dude with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation in his works, notice this, with meekness of wisdom. The word meekness carries the idea of strength under control. That someone who is wise is going to be able to have that wisdom under control, meaning I don't have to force it down everybody's throat. I don't have to say, listen, I know better than you, and I'm going to make you understand I know better than you. There's meekness under control. It's available, and it's there, and it's showing, but they don't have to feel like they have to prove themselves. Kind of like someone uh, who's truly spiritual don't have to tell everyone how spiritual they are. There's just something to this. Now, notice as it starts describing this other wisdom in verse 14. But... If you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but notice as the Bible describes this, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. Notice this. Whenever you notice lists in the Bible, these lists are always important. And as the Bible describes this other wisdom, the Bible describes it in three different ways. This wisdom that does not come from above, but actually comes from a different source, it is earthly. What do we mean by this? Earthly means that it produces all that the earth's wisdom can provide. By the way, man can get some things accomplished by force of will, by his own strength, but we don't want what man can get accomplished. Man's wisdom falls short. Man's ability falls short. We should desire what God and God alone knows. For example, we don't know everything. We don't even know half of everything. And you know what? No matter how smart you think you are, you probably don't even know a quarter of everything. Well, that's a lot of things you're missing, isn't it? Is there any possibility that the things that you should know is somewhere in that unknown range? And yet we need to try to make decisions with very limited information. Does God know better than us? Absolutely. So here's what it goes. Either we obey what God says or we think we have a better plan. That's the idea of earthly. Either we obey what God says or 
we come up, we think we have a better plan. We deal with this all the time. You know, how many books are out there about child rearing? Thousands. Millions. There's tons of them. All right. And so here's what we do. Does it line up with what the Bible says or do they come up with their own way? Do they think they know better than the Bible? Well, see, that comes to time of choice because the earthly knowledge may look appealing. It may look easier. It may look, but when it's all said and done, God knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows what we need. And so we either follow God's plan or we come up with a better plan. Does God know our future? Does he know things that we don't know about our own future? And so we could follow what the Bible says or we think we have a better plan. Is there a lot of uh, books out there about self-help and how to have a good future and how to keep your smile and all that? Absolutely. And so what we're showing is that there's a lot of wisdom that doesn't come from God out there. And they produce earthly results. They come up with what man can come up with. And man is limited. We don't know everything. You know that your heart is wicked and it is deceitful and that the Bible says who can know it? That means we can't even know our own hearts. Are there times that we really believe in my heart that I'm right and then we find out we're wrong? Yeah. That's the idea of earthly wisdom. That comes up that we are basing things off of our limited information and we think we know what's best for us and we find out we're wrong. You see, we either follow God's plan or we think we have a better plan. This is this idea of earthly is that it comes from a different source and it is coming from that source of man that thinks that we have a better plan than God when we're working with our arms and brains tied behind our back because we don't have enough information. Does that make sense? Now, you know, I'm not trying to be mean to all those other people out there. I'm saying that they're working with incomplete information, so they're not going to come up with a correct conclusion. And we have to be careful with that wisdom. Notice how else the Bible describes it. It is earthly, and notice this, sensual. Sensual. Now, we know that the idea of sensual... Some people will apply it to the idea of sexual terms. But the idea of sensual, we could put in the idea here, is based off feelings. Do we have wisdom today that is based off of feelings? Can feelings lie to us? Absolutely. Um, And so we either follow what the Bible says or we think we have a different plan. Well, I just feel this is what I'm supposed to do. What does the Bible say? I don't know, but this is what I feel that I'm supposed to do. Does that ever happen? (laughs) Good. The one that, no. (laughs) Yeah, there's times that we feel like we're on the right path and then we run smack. Oops, I was wrong the whole time. You see, we either come up with God's plan or follow God's plan, or we think we know better. And we don't know better than God, but all the time we are trying to come up with our own way of doing it, our own plans, our own thing. We either follow what God says, or we think we know better. Now, as a reminder, can we find out what God says? Is there any source whatsoever that tells us what God wants us to know? Absolutely, the Bible. 
We don't have to come up with it. We don't have to depend on dreams and pepperoni pizza induced comas. We don't have to base it off feelings and what I feel like today or astrological signs or we could find what the Bible has to say for ourselves, And then we come to the conclusion, do we follow God or do we come up with our own way because we think we know better? Notice the third description of this. It is earthly. It is sensual. It is devilish. Now that should be frightening. Why is this here? Well, we know that the devil is a liar. And the devil wants to lie to you. By the way, your flesh wants to lie to you. And we say, this is the wrong source. Why is it devilish? Because it's either we follow what God says or we think we know better. Do you think Satan would love us to follow what we know, think we know better? Absolutely. And so here it's giving us a clear warning that when we make our decisions, we either follow what the Bible says or we think we have a better plan. And when we think we have a better plan, it's based off of man's wisdom, which is incomplete information. It's based off of our feelings. I feel that this is right. And we understand the source of it is that it's devilish. It's going to be against God, opposes God, and is going to bring us away from God, which is the wrong thing in the first place. And so we have a choice. Do we follow God's plan or do we think we how no better. Go back to verse 14 and we can see something more about this. So this is still talking about the wisdom, but a preamble, verse 14. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. So in verse 14, whenever people are confronted with doing it God's way or coming up with a better way, they start to get upset if their way contradicts God's way. Now, I don't care what the Bible says. I feel that this is right. Does that ever happen? (laughs) And so the Bible says, if you're at the place where you're upset because the Bible says to do something different than what you're doing, you need to stop and understand where your wisdom is coming from. Because it's either doing it God's way or you think that you know better. And we need to find out what God has to say about this. Now, Is there a lot of things in our life that are affected based off of the wisdom we have? Absolutely. We've already mentioned a couple things. There's child rearing. Either we do it God's way or if we think we know better. Do those have consequences? If we follow it God's way, we're going to get God's results. If we're going to do it man's way, we're going to get man's results. And again, we work off incomplete information. We had mentioned the idea of self-help and trying to do other stuff. If we do it God's way, will we truly be helped? If we do it, think we have a better plan, are we going to end up truly being helped? No. We could learn how to whitewash it, how to put on a smile when we're not feeling. We could fake all that stuff, but it will fall apart. Let me give an example. As a counselor, and I work with people with... um, mental illnesses and crises and whatnot. And so, you know, when we try to work with them, do you know that people don't have to be in counseling for the rest of their life? The goal of counseling is to give them the tools and give them victory and to find out what the root cause was and solve that root cause. For example, let me kind of rewind. If I have a headache, I often take a pill to get rid of the headache. 
Well, is the lack of pill what caused the headache in the first place? No. But what if I, instead of treating the symptom, I find out what caused it in the first place? Does that make sense? So we could find out what it is. For example, we were mentioning suicide. We mentioned depression. We've mentioned some of these other things. Do you know that depression always has a cause? And so instead of just treating the symptom to make them feel better for a little bit, let's find the cause of it, take care of that, so they don't have to suffer it through it anymore. Amen. Let's take about uh, drunkenness. Do you know that the world teaches that alcohol is a disease and it's something you're going to have to suffer with for the rest of your life? There's no hope there is there. This is something you have to deal with for the rest of your life. But do you understand Bible knowledge and doing it God's way that people could be delivered for it where they never desire a drink ever again? Which one's better to suffer through it and say you're always going to deal with this or to have complete victory? Well, do it God's way. God has the answers and we seek after his wisdom and people can have complete victory. The, the idea that the world teaches is that you're going to have to have this repeat thing for the rest of your life. Once you start counseling, you never stop counseling. Once you start this pill, you'll never stop this pill. Once you, um, once you uh, go down this road, you're always going to be stuck with this. There's no hope with what the world says. They said you're just going to have to endure and go day by day and hopefully you have more good days than bad days. Well, with someone who's suffering through depression or drunkenness or mental illness or those type of things, that's not a helpful saying, is it? To know that I may have suffer through this tomorrow. Well, that makes today awful because I think I may have it tomorrow. But if we do it God's way and find out what God says who knows us and have complete victory, I don't have to worry about tomorrow because I know God's taking care of it and he can help me every step of the way and give me deliverance. There's more hope on this side. And so what we're doing is that we're seeing the comparisons of the two. And yet we have the idea that we either do it God's way or we think we have a better way and so often because of our pride, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs that only by pride cometh contention. Meaning that anytime that we get upset, it's because there's pride involved. And people get upset when we say, this is what the Bible says. I'm trying to help you. I don't care what the Bible says. I want to do it my way. Well, there's something wrong there. Which wisdom are we applying? Does it make sense? Now I'm trying to be help. I'm trying to say what the Bible says and trying to say there's hope. We do it God's way. Or we think that we know better. Verse 16. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Remember that God is not the author of confusion. Class, who is the author of confusion? Satan. Is there a lot of confusion out there? Yes. If you go to a parenting section, will you get a lot of contradicting things just in the parenting section? If you go to the self-help section, are you going to get contradicting information, confusing information and self-help? If you go to the curing depression section, are you going to get a lot of contradictory information? And trying? I mean, just go to Mr. Google. Even in nutrition. Yeah, you find all kinds of contradictions that, uh, that <coughs> are found that mess everything up. But God is not the author of confusion. You see, we either do it God's way or we think that we know better. 
we know better ends up causing different confusion because everyone's going to give you a different advice. Everyone's going to tell you something different. Everyone's going to give you a different treatment. Everyone's going to say, use this avocado. No, use a grapefruit. No, right? We get all this different information. And that confusion doesn't help anyone. And now I'm so confused. I don't know what the right answer is. I just give up. Does that ever happen? Absolutely. So the only place that we could find wisdom is from above, from God. And he grants us wisdom. And if he lives in us, we're born again. And if he lives in us, he can guide us to the freedom that we have. Notice if you don't mind, as we now come to another Bible list, starting at verse 17, where it describes that the wisdom that is from above, notice if you don't mind, and this is going to be the lesson here, all that was introduction. Here is what the wisdom from above is like. Notice this Bible list, and we find, first of all, that the, <laughs> verse 17, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure. First pure. Jesus talks about in the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, in the uh, Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 8, that it says, blessed are those that are pure in heart for they shall see God. There's an idea of purity, of singleness of heart, that when we do things God's way, things become simple. And when they're simple, we could see God. As opposed to doing it our own way, and then things get complicated. And now we have our time seeing God because we just got a big tangled mess in front of us. Remember, God does everything simply and in godly sincerity. The idea of pure. That wisdom that comes from above is pure. Singleness of mind. It is simple. Notice something else that we find. But the wisdom that is from above is peaceable. Notice the second thing on the list. Peaceable. We're so thankful that the wisdom that comes from above is peaceable. Now, we're not called to be peacekeepers. We're called to be peacemakers. We're not to keep the peace we're to make the peace. What does that mean? That means that if I'm having a disagreement with someone, it is my responsibility to fix things. Sometimes that means taking the wrong. You know what? I can understand that you're very passionate about this. What can I do to make this right? Instead of saying, listen here, you're stupid and I'm going to prove that you're stupid. That's how most arguments end up going, right? What, what if we stop arguing? Remember, only by... Uh, Pride cometh forth contention. It takes two to fight. Now, they can be mad at me all they want, but listen, I'm not going to fight with you. I can understand your passion about this. What can I do to make this right? What can we do to make peace? What can we do to solve the peace? This is the idea that wisdom comes from above is that it is peaceable. Remember, we had talked about before that the peace that is earthly and sensual and devilish, it's full of conflict. It's my way. I don't care what you say. There's no peace there. You're ready to fight to prove that they're right, even if they're wrong. Have you ever fought and you know you're wrong, but you're fighting anyways? Yeah. That's the wrong peace. If I'm doing things God's way, and I'm doing it the way that God said to, I can trust him. I can have a peace. I don't have to be up in arms and always feel like I have just to fight and slug it out just to survive. You know, that wears on a person for a while when you're always in fight mode. We do it peaceably, do it God's way. 
Notice there's another thing on the list. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure. The wisdom that is above is peaceable. The wisdom that is from above is gentle. Gentle. You know, even Paul, when he's writing to the church of Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, he says that when I was with you, I was gentle. I was gentle. Now, this is Paul working with brand new Christians, people that had not been taught. And he says, you know what? I was gentle. I was gentle. You know, that's a lot better than saying, I slugged you in the face until you under, got, joined my side. I was gentle. That's a helpful thing. This is that, that wisdom that comes from above. It's gentle. I don't have to make people believe what I, what I believe. I give them information and they make their own decision based off that information. I can be gentle. I don't feel like I have to force myself upon them. The peace that comes from above is gentle. Notice something else. But the wisdom that comes from above is first pure. The wisdom that comes from above is peaceable. The wisdom that comes from above is gentle. The wisdom that comes from above is easy to be entreated. Easy to be entreated. What does this mean? This carries with it the idea of approachable. Jesus Christ, while he was on this earth, anyone could approach him. Kids felt comfortable to approach him. That's something about the peace that comes from, uh, the wisdom that comes from above is that it's approachable. That people, if we're coming with God's wisdom, we could be glad to allow others to come to us, to be able to entreat them, to have no hesitation about giving them what the Bible says and not feel like I have to fight. Have you ever felt like you have to walk around eggshells around people? I don't want to say the right thing. I just... Well, the wonderful thing is that following God's wisdom is that you don't have to walk on the eggshells. You know how most of us have been there, done that? You know how aggravating and how stressful and fraying of the nerves it is to kind of walk on eggshells around people? Yeah. Well, this is what the Bible says, and I can be settled on it. If they don't like it, I'm sorry, but I don't have to worry about walking on eggshells. That's the wonderful thing. It's easy to be intruded, treated. Notice as it goes on. But the wisdom that is from above is pure. The wisdom that is from above is peaceable. The wisdom that's from above is gentle. The wisdom that is from above is easy to be entreated. The wisdom that is from above is full of mercy and good fruits. Wisdom that's from above is full of mercy and good truths. You know, if we're going to err, let's err on the side of mercy. Wouldn't that be better instead of err on the side of hatcheting people? Let's just go on the side of mercy. We may be wrong about a matter. We may be too merciful. But you know what? God's mercy endureth forever. Amen. It's the example that he gave. You know, we don't have to drop the hammer on every person every time for every infraction. Let's just show them mercy. Sometimes I say this, let's allow them to be wrong. Let them get to the place where they want to learn and just let them be wrong. Let's show them mercy. Let's not have to feel like we have to crack them over the head for every infraction. Aren't you glad God showed us mercy? Yes. And he doesn't beat us up for every little time when we messed up. Yes. He showed us lots of mercy. I'm glad his mercies are new every morning. 
great is his faithfulness. Because there's some times I've worn out God's mercy. And I woke up the next morning and I said, oh, he gave me more, more mercy. Oh, I thought I was at the end. Woo. We need to show God mercy too. Or show that same mercy to others. God has been very merciful to us. He allowed us to be wrong and didn't strike lightning on us. Let's, uh, let's be merciful to others as well. You know, the Bible speaks about that the goodness of the Lord leadeth to repentance. Sometimes when people know that they're wrong and then they show, see how well we respond to them, even though they're wrong, it attracts them more than if they knew they were wrong and then get hammered for it. Mercy, mercy. Notice as it goes on. But the wisdom that is from above is pure. The wisdom that's from above is peaceable. The wisdom that's from above is gentle. The wisdom that's from above is easy to be entreated. The wisdom that's from above is full of mercy and good fruits. The wisdom that is from above is without partiality. Without partiality. It's easy to recognize a world that is full of prejudice. It is another matter to say that I'm full of prejudice. Remember, we were talking about that earlier in James, where if we had Aaron Rodgers come in, and then we had a poor homeless guy come in, everybody would flock to Aaron Rodgers and want Aaron Rodgers to sit next to them, but no one would want the bum to sit next to them. We have to recognize that this wisdom that comes from above loves everyone equally. God loves everyone. And he's not willing that any should perish, but also come to repentance. And that we need to be trying to be a help to everyone, no matter where they're at. That we're trying to be available. We want everyone to get saved. We want everyone to know the Bible. We want everyone to have the opportunity to be able to follow the Lord, to be an encouragement to them. You know, we may have some folks that may not look like us, smell like us, act like us. But when they come through the door, we're going to shake their hand, be glad that they're here, give them uh, some presents, uh, have someone sit next to them, give them a Bible. We're going to do what we can to make them feel welcome no matter how weird they can. That should be what we're known for. We've had people that have had different lifestyles than what we would necessarily agree with. And every single one of them said that they felt welcome here. Yes, that's what we want. The Bible is convicting enough. We don't have to add to it. But they should all feel welcome. That's that idea. And that we are going to give the opportunity to help people from where they are and help them to take the next level. Let me tell you, if all that we allow people to come to church, visit in our church, or people who have got their stuff together, we're going to have no one come in. Everyone that comes to the door has issues and problems. Everyone. And we need to help them out. There's no such thing as a perfect church. If you find a ch perfect church, don't join it because it'll no longer be perfect. Amen. We find where people are at and help them out. More people, uh, everyone has problems. They just have different problems. We find out where they are and help them out. This is the idea that this wisdom has without partiality. We're going to try to be a help to everyone we have the opportunity to be a help to. That's a help. That, that's encouraging us. Notice something else as we see in verse six, 17 and go through this list. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure. The wisdom that's from above is peaceable. The wisdom that is from above is gentle. The wisdom that's from above is easy to be entreated. The wisdom that's from above is full of mercy and good fruits. The wisdom that's from above is without partiality. And the wisdom that is from above is without hypocrisy. Without 
hypocrisy. The idea of pretense. The word hypocrisy is developed into our word actor. Trying to play a part. Trying to pretend that you're something you're not. We're sinners saved by grace. (laughs) There is none righteous. No, not one. We're just people who are trying to keep our eyes on the Lord and take the next step. Take the next step and the next step. And that if we're truly going to be a help, we need to make sure that we have no hypocrisy. Notice as it goes on in verse 18 to finish us up. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. People who exercise earthly, sensual, and devilish wisdom will end up reaping the same earthly, sensual, devilish wisdom. But those that follow God's wisdom is going to be seeking after peace. And if we seek after peace, we're going to get peace. It's the best way. That we're thankful that we have a source of wisdom that we could tap to anytime. And that we could ask for. And just the underlying current that we're saying is that we either do it as God said or we think we have a better way. We do things God's way. We see God work and we're able to have peace and we're able to have victory. But if we try to do it man's way and think we have a better plan, we're going to run into strife. We're going to run into envy. We're going to run into contention. We're going to run into pride. We're going to run into confusion. We're going to run into a lot of different things. We have a choice. Where is the source of wisdom that we're going to come up with? Either we find out what God has to say about the matter or we think we have a better plan. Where is the source of wisdom that you seek after? Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 530-6308. Once again, that number is 920-530-6308. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.